Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Oh, is that me? Hello and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Declan. And I'm Ned. And this time we're opening the time capsule, which I guess has its other meanings in this film. I know, very apt really. Mm, To bring you our thoughts on films that have long since been forgotten. Not that you could forget this. Left to gather the dust. (gasps) That's another reference. Oh my god. As the world of cinema races forward. <gasps> another reference. <laughs> In this time capsule episode, we're talking about Interstellar. Remember there will be spoiler <laughs> Remember there will be spoilers throughout, so as always do proceed with caution and with these time capsule episodes we dive straight into the headline feature. No trailers today. No, what we've been up to. True evergreen content. Evergreen? Yeah. Who's, which bit of it's evergreen? All of it. If you've watched Interstellar, there's nothing in it that's going to be time sensitive because we're not talking trailers or what we've been watching. Oh, uh, get you. Get you, get you. So do you want to fire away with your synopsis then? Go on then. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Ned's told me that he struggled to make a... No, not quite what I said. Oh. It's just a confusing film, so to make to pull a synopsis together in three sentences, I think I've done quite well. Okay. Cooper is the human race's last hope for survival in a world ravaged by storms, famine, pestilence and drought. Pestilence? Mm, it's a good word, isn't it? Mm. He travels through a wormhole in search of habitable planets in other solar systems. 
While he's away, his daughter Murphy works at NASA to find a way to safely evacuate Earth. Great. Now you can kick us off as well. Oh, I've got lots and lots and lots of notes, to be honest, on this one. I don't even know where to start. Well, just I was thinking one. maybe let me talk about the environment. Okay. So, obviously, this is set in a future that's not too far and... 2067. Exactly. So, what are we, like, 43 years away now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would be 73. Yeah. So, a lot of the challenges that society in 2067 is facing um, are quite linked to climate change i think so we've got blight that wipes out crops and has basically meant that all crops are now extinct apart from corn for now which is risky because as soon as something affects corn that's it you fucked yeah oops excuse me um the world's population has absolutely plummeted because people are starving oh horrible um, because everything is so dry, horrendous dust storms happen all the time in wherever they are, it's somewhere in America. Um, and a lot of the kind of interviews, actually, which is how it opens, interviews with old people telling you about how it was when it was really dusty back in 2067, um, made me think of, like, I guess, documentaries about the Dust Bowl. So those interviews that we see mm. as in camera at the start are yeah. what are then shown to the residents of the new yeah. place on Earth. Yeah. Right. There's going to be a lot in this episode where I'm like, I think a lot of it goes over my head. Well, it's quite a jumping around on the timeline. It's not just that. Like, film. I struggle with space films because I find space as a concept a bit overwhelming yeah and sometimes i don't really want to understand it any more than i do anyway because it's a bit scary yeah fair enough uh, and there's sequences in this film like when yeah. they go into the black hole and yeah i'm like nah <laughs> and what's that <laughs> oh, thing that go the wormhole that they go into like so cool horrific <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah yeah so basically the premise is like that is that's the kind of world that they're living in in 2067 and it's all gone to shit and nobody's having a good time. Um, and NASA is secretly working away on two plans. Plan A, which is, in an ideal world, we'll get this one done. Um, and it's essentially finding a way to safely evacuate everyone that's still alive and take them to a new planet that's habitable and they can colonise that. And they've sent 12 people off. They've sent 12 people off. To potentially On their own to 12 different planets. Yeah. Via this wormhole that sprung up near Saturn. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how that's gone. And then plan B is to take a load of um, embryos and incubate them, start a new colony that way, which essentially means leaving everybody else on Earth to suffer and die um so that's the kind of the crux of this film i think um and it's why matthew mcconaughey's character gets recruited in to go on this mission to find the best chance of those 12 come back collect all the people from earth 
and do plan A, but on Matthew McConaughey's ship is the embryos for plan B, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. Do you want to... Well, I think for me, this film, I understand it all until the last 15 minutes. So I think the last 15 minutes is what ties all of the individual bits together. It does, but I think that concept that ties it all together is too much for me to understand. Um, And we even tried to have a bit of a debrief after it, and I'm not going to lie, King. Yeah. You didn't really help me. No, I don't think I helped myself, to be honest, um, during that. But I have been thinking about it since... Well, I got a bit stuck in a wormhole with the science last night when you had fallen asleep. Oh, did you? So did, there you was go, a, did you go researching? Yeah, a oh. bit of like scientific accuracy. Okay. And actually, for a science fiction film, it did quite well from like the scientific science community. Science fiction or science fact? The only couple of things that people said is the, the reason the crops die due to oxygen levels depleting that would take millions of years to happen, even in a world in which we're changing the... All right, fair enough. So, but that's not, like, the big... Like, that's just no. a, the bit to get us to where we need to be. Yeah. Um. I mean, I suppose it could have been that anything, really. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I would read that was the, the... When they go to one of the potential new Earths and the clouds are frozen... Yeah. That I've, wouldn't happen. I thought that was Because gravity would pull them down. Exactly. Um, so, but other than that, everyone else was saying, like, wormholes, black holes. Like, black yeah. holes is quite open anyway because nobody really knows what is, is inside them. Yeah. But it's it's portrayal of time. Yeah. And how it's relative. I Which blows my it. mind. And do you know what? To say, because that's quite a confusing theory... It's based, it's based off Einstein's theory of relativity. And is it due one. to gravity or not? Uh, it's due to gravity, space and time. They all kind of interact together. So if I was on Mars, okay. Yeah. For an Earth year. Yeah. If I went back to Earth, would it have only been a year? Probably. So why is it different on these other planets? Because the distance is far greater scale. And when gravity is larger, time moves faster. (laughs) I think that's the right way around. I think what I'm trying to get at is, and I was saying this last night, so this is the second time I've watched this, and I did like how... The first half an hour kind of sets up what will then bookend it yeah. at the end, pardon the pun. Um, but what I do like about it, and what I, I, I know there's two reasons why we wanted to do a Chris Nolan film. One, when we went to see Hans Zimmer, he did an interstellar suite. Oh, um, my God, it was, it was I think it was Ned's favourite part, and it was very Sitting, high up my yeah. list. Sitting in the Manchester Arena with the orchestra playing it, and the they had a massive disco ball with all lights, so it made it look like stars, and it was all dark, and it was just and the gorgeous. score is and unreal, it's so in the film. beautiful. Yeah. Like you say the word ethereal, and oh yeah, this good is word, it like yeah. So that was one reason why, and then the second reason why is obviously with 
Oppenheimer, which we never actually ended up doing an episode for because we were too busy. I think we'll have to just do another time. When it comes out, yeah, on digital. Um, But yeah, we're just in a bit of a Chris Nolan, I don't know, mood at the minute. And we wanted to talk about one of his other films. And what I really just love is in a world where, and I don't mind sequels as long as they're good, and I don't mind whatever genre as long, you know, with people like, ah, everything is superhero films. If they're good, they're good. But the fact that he makes so much money on these high-concept science fiction, like, fills the cinemas with them, is phenomenal. And I hope he very much continues. I mean, this made $715 Uh, Inception made, if not 800, seven something. Bam, uh, I was going to call it Barbenheimer. Oppenheimer has just cleared 850 million worldwide. Wow. And that's a three hour biopic yeah. with black and white sequences. That came out on the same weekend as Barbie. That is pretty is much all a load of people just talking in multiple rooms. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I just think he deserves and the technical craft in this film the way it looks the, the special effects the way it's shot i mean it's got a the cinematographer yeah Hoyt van Hoytim, Hoytimer, i don't know um who has done quite a few of christopher nolan's films and quite a lot of spacey type films so he was the cinematographer on Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Interstellar, Spectre, Dunkirk, Ad Astra, which is another good space film. That's the one. With Brad Pitt. I is didn't it? say that with you. I went to the cinema on my own. Is that the we one where he ends together. up? Is that the one where he ends up? And he's like in Saturn's rings or something. Floating. And he's, he's on a spaceship on his own for like 18 years. Yeah. Yeah, that is what I was talking about. Tenet. He didn't know the cinematographer but i was when i was watching it i was like space films must be so hard and i know this vfx and everything but even where you place the camera and a lot of this film was originally shot in imax as well which are even bigger cameras Mm. so i'd love to see more of the how this was made behind the scenes yeah um well maybe chris if you're listening um we could get you know, a special podcast feature. <laughs> I mean, we'll have made it if we got Chris Nolan on. Oh my God, can you and imagine? I would, I, be honest I would feel Chris... like we'd made it even if he was listening. Well, I mean, and to be honest, we are gays on film and Chris Nolan films aren't particularly the most natural fit for a gays on film podcast. Not heavy um, on the gay, on the LGBTQ appeal, really. And he's not very good at relationships either. No. Um, but. Yes. That's fine with me. Not everyone has to have a... Well, I quite liked how this one approached relationships because it wasn't about anything particularly romantic, but it was still really, really deeply about love. It is a lot. I remember, so when I first went to see this in the cinema, I was was at university and I went to see it with a couple of friends. And I think I really, really didn't understand it when I was 19. Yeah. I mean, I struggled a bit last night, but 10 years ago. (laughs) So, and they were crying at the end. I could. And I imagine watching it in the cinema, because you get a bit, I find you tend to get more emotional at the cinema because you've got true undivided attention, communal experience. And I was like, what are you crying at? I have no idea what's happening. He's behind a bookshelf. 
but he's not. He found a way to send a message to his daughter that transcended space and time. I did actually like that bit about and he did how that because he loved her. They tried to give love like a scientific explanation as well. Mm, I like um, that. And it was a lot more tense than I remember it. Oh, it was so tense. Them bloody massive waves on the first one. Oh, they're not mountains. That's um, a wave. I that was, like, was <laughs> terrifying. And also so heartbreaking when you realise that that delay that the wave caused them cost that other guy 23 years. And he goes back up and he has to watch all the videos that his family sent him over the 23 years. Yeah. And his son's all of a sudden become Casey Affleck. His son and his became, daughter's become Jessica Chastain. His son became Casey Affleck, had a baby, lost a baby, and had another kid. Yeah. And his dad died. Yeah. Or his father-in-law. But actually, that is one scene as well that, I mean, I would like, I always like to talk about performances, but Matthew McConaughey is very, very good in this film. So good. Yeah. So good. I really like Matthew McConaughey. He has McConaughey. that, like, conflicted... I love my family. Like, he's in a bit of an odd situation because the other people that they brought into this space programme like, haven't really got any ties. And even Anne Hathaway's character, who her dad's in NASA, I think yeah. if you're in NASA... She was kind of raised for it anyway. Yeah, yeah like, that, like, you just accept that that's your life. Yeah. Whereas he's obviously got skin in the game with having yeah. family back. And I do think that kind of emotional push and pull and turns out in the yeah. end, actually... He still gets to see her. Yeah. Which, that's the bit that loses me. I can un- I can maybe understand that he gets to send a message back. Mm. But how does he end up, end, end up back? That's um, what totally lost me. He, j- he gets spaffed out the black hole mm. and then he just ends up floating back to Earth. Or so, wherever it is, Saturn or wherever so they are. So, I think yesterday when we were debriefing and I said that they, whoever they were turned out to be Matthew McConaughey. I think I was wrong. Because they, whoever they are, live in a time or a space or a location where they've worked out, like, time itself has a physical, tangible feel rather than just a construct, if you know what I mean. You don't. I don't. I, I'm, I don't have the words to describe what I mean, so go with it. I, okay. So when he's in this black hole, he enters the fifth dimension, which is time, in a physical space because they have constructed time to become this physical space. Who is they? Whoever lives in the fifth dimension. But I thought they were saying that humanity had figured out how to get to the fifth dimension. Well, I think that further still into the future, humanity has figured it out, puts it where they know Matthew McConaughey needs to be, based on history, I guess. So that, in 2067, the wormhole is in the right place near Saturn, the black hole has this... Thing so that Matthew Can't McConaughey can do his messaging back to Murphy, who can do all the stuff on Earth that gets all the people off Earth into space, and then they go off and do their thing. But how does he end up back? So and then ends up seeing his elderly he's, daughter because he's in the fifth dimension in a play in a thing that they have 
constructed. They put him back where he needs to be, so he gets picked up by that uh, patrol ship or whatever it is next door to the sanctuary colony ship thing that Earth has been evacuated onto. And there are more than one of those ships because it says that he's not on the one that Murphy's on, but as soon as she heard that he'd arrived, she was like, get me there. I know I'm 100 and whatever years well, old. Well, she went into... She was like 90-something, wasn't she? Wasn't she cryogenically frozen for a bit as well, yeah. as I said, which they're weird, weren't they? Oh, they look really claustrophobic. It's like being in a boil in a bag. Yeah. But as a human. Yeah, didn't like them. No. I couldn't um, do it. I hope that if you get in, I hope it totally knocks you out. Yeah, because I wouldn't like to lie there not falling asleep. Oh, I'm sure you're gone when that yeah, lid you closes. Must be. You must be. Um, it's it's quite a long film. But you don't... I didn't feel it, though. I didn't feel... Like, I know it's a long film, but... I wasn't it like, wasn't, oh god, this needs to it end. It wasn't over three hours, which some of the recent blockbusters have been. I mean, it wasn't far off. No, but it wasn't over three hours. No. And I think, I don't think I'd have made it shorter if I was making it. Not that I'm Chris Nolan, but... Well, I think you know when, when some films... quite as epic as this. Exactly. It's not going to be a 90 minutes and done, is it? And it's gorgeous to look at yeah, as well. Like, you is. don't get bored of the views. No. Get scared of them. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I really, really liked, talking about that black hole when it goes in, is how they designed that fifth dimension. Like, even though it's a confusing concept, and I still probably will never be able to. Do you to just mean like the production describe. design? But like looking at yeah, it, it was, it was gorgeous. Cool. It looked like everything was like woven together and it made me think maybe somebody wrote in their notes the fabric of time and that's where the concept came and oh. then they've kind of threaded it all. And so he was able to like move the dust on the floor during that storm to say hello and to send her the Morse code. I'm just laughing at the thought the of him spelling out hello in dust <laughs> and, uh, like on the back of cars. Yeah. I'm here. Um, and I just love that. I thought it was really um, nice, creative, clever, gorgeous. Matt Damon was a bit of a dickhead, wasn't he? Oh my God. That was another I tense was sequence that I totally forgot about. Although... I- Again, it's like everyone's motivations I feel a bit conflicted about because he wanted to... He wanted to save humanity. Yeah. Lied about the data to get them to come to him. Yeah. Fucked off. Tried to pair with the ship. Couldn't. So when he opened the airlock... He caused an explosion. Exploded. And then that sequence where Matthew McConaughey's like, I'm not not getting back on that ship. Oh my God. I'm going to spin the ship as fast as the main bit is spinning. Yeah. And then it'll look like we're not moving. So I can get the thing on. That was cool. One thing I really liked actually early on, a small detail, so that they don't have like artificial gravity on the ship. They spin the ship to create 1g of force and it gives them artificial gravity oh is that why yes so they're like a big centrifuge yes it was so clever yeah that is clever actually yeah, i enjoyed that although one of the guys didn't like it he no, didn't he's feel a bit, a bit sick, sick. Didn't he? but that, i think it was because he's still too close to earth so you could see 
it spinning. Oh, that was weird when there was that frame of just Earth yeah. spinning and spinning. That yeah. was weird. And another thing during that short bit between Earth and Saturn, when it showed Saturn and you could see Saturn's shadows on its own ring, I think that is so cool. Like, for me, Saturn is my fave planet in our solar system that's not Earth for that reason because it just looks gorgeous. Cute. You know which bits did keep making me laugh? They've got no respect for the cars. No. If they, as soon as if they wanted to go through that cornfield, they were they going weren't slowly a... going no. down into the ditch. They were flying off the road straight into the corn. No yeah. respect for the corn, being as though it's the only crop that they can grow on planet Earth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just a really, really well crafted film. And Anne Hathaway's great. Jessica Chastain is very, very good. Yeah. And I, the more and more films I watch her in, I proper love her. Yeah. When we saw her in that Eyes of Tammy Faye, like, yeah, it wasn't the best film, but she was good. She was brilliant in that. And that, um, is it The Good Doc? Not The Good Doctor. The the Good Nurse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was good in that. Do um, you think that was a bit similar to what's just been in the news lately? Oh, can we not? Oh, I know, but it was weird, I thought. Scary. Yeah. Um, on her, I liked Murphy as a character. I like that she is called Murphy after Murphy's Law. And she was like, why did you name me after a bad thing, Dad? And he was like, it's not a bad thing. It's the... Everything happens for a reason. No, no it's Everything that... is inevitable or whatever. Everything that can happen will. And if you think about that and then watch Interstellar... Everything that happens in Interstellar happens because it can, and so it does. So the whole thing is Murphy, which is very cool. Um, I totally forgot Timothy Chalamet was in this. Are you joking? The young, his son? Oh, was he? Oh. Went over my I mean, it was one of... It was the second ever role of... Ah. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, but to see him in this is yeah. like it's just starting out in in blockbusters and seeing how he's yeah. now gone on to be in lots and lots of things yeah. um, was quite mm. interesting. And I always always like to see Michael Caine. I do think in Nolan's films he is a little bit typecast, which is something that I do tend to rub up against because like his part in this is quite similar to the part he plays in the Batman trilogy. Yeah. He always just comes in and, like, it's a bit of a Nolanism. It's like, oh, we'll get Michael Caine. Although I is don't it, think he is anymore because I think he's retired. He's is not it dead. like no. because, it, because it's good or is it because it's like, as a director, I've used my imagination for so much of this. <laughs> I'm just bored imaginatively casting. So I don't go, know if he just Go writes, with a safe bet. The, you know, sometimes an actor... Maybe the writer gets for a really it. good relationship. So yeah. at the minute, there's one that's happening. Uh, Emma Stone and Yorgos Lanthimos. They've yeah. worked on quite a few yeah. bits together. Um, that's and, fair. Um, poor things. Yeah, is getting rave reviews out of and like. Looks weird. Sometimes that. if they've got an idea and they like working with an actor. Um, yeah, the writer. What other good pairings as bits like? Uh, a lot of Tim Burton and. He always casts the same people, yeah. doesn't he? 
Who was it? Johnny Depp was in a lot of Tim Burton's. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter, but obviously they were married. Scorsese and DiCaprio, I think yeah. they worked together quite a lot. Um, quite a few, really. But yeah, I do it does think, happen, I suppose. But yeah, I do think he's retired. I, th- yeah. I think he had, but he was in Tenet. He's been in yeah. five of Nolan's films: The yeah. Prestige, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. That was outside of the Batman trilogy. Well, and quite often he's played um, a similar role. Him role. and his character. Do you want to talk about the twist? Because he's the one that reveals it. No. No. Because I didn't really understand. Oh, well, I'll talk about it. So he sent... Let me try and think what I thought it was. He sent them off knowing fine well that plan A was never going to happen under what he could work out. Yes. Oh. I think that's fine. Well... It is true. You're not really going to go if you know you're not going to come back. Well, that's the point. And he's thinking more about the survival of the species rather than just... It's a really interesting... However many people are still left on Earth. His character was an embodiment of that, um, you know, that thought experiment where there's like a, a tram coming along a track and there is one person tied up on on the bit where if you pull the lever it'll spin turn off to them, but there are three people tied up on the bit where if you don't do anything it'll go after them and you have to, like, you've got to make a choice... Because something happens, you either do something or you don't. That's what his like. Do you know the one I mean? Well, you saved the three, surely. Isn't yeah, but, that quite easy? No, because if you pull the lever, you kill the one. Even though you're saving the three, you still kill the one. So there's a big ethical dilemma there. It doesn't have an answer because everyone's different. But that's what his character is. It's a big ethical dilemma, like. Um, (laughs) do I it's about telling people whether you are choosing to doom the human race no doom the surviving humans by ensuring the survival of the human race or taking a chance on something you're not certain on to save the surviving humans but risk the future of the human race. Yeah. That's where the moral questioning comes in. And I love, well, I didn't love because I was angry at him for it, but like revealing it to Murphy on his deathbed where he was like, yeah, plan A was never going to work. I sent your dad into space knowing that he was never going to come back and didn't tell him so he abandoned you and you've not had a dad. Sorry about it. And they don't have a mum, which is quite sad. And she's already died. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was quite intense. Um, I'll tell you who I did love. Yeah. Taz. Taz. Oh, the robot, the robot. Thing. Yeah. They're a really cool robot design. And they actually, they actually bring a, a little bit of comic relief. At yeah. parts, which is quite nice because yeah. I do think even it definitely in, needs it. Yeah, and I tell, <laughs> I always used to laugh at when Tars goes to rescue Anne Hathaway on the water planet, and the way it spins its legs, it's yeah. really weird. Like, but it's quite a cool design because they're like a tablet but bigger, and they they're can walk. Like, they're almost a little bit Rubik's cubey. Yeah, like, but 
I'm trying to speak to the robot. Um, I think a lot of robots have been done. Whereas that looked quite original to me. Yeah. I've not really ever seen any others look the a bit like that. The closest I could get, it's like if somebody... Oh, if R2-D2 fucked a Rubik's Cube. That's what it is. Tars. You better remember to put that explicit tick on, on this today. Tick it now. <laughs> there we go. Um, yes. If R2-D2 fucked a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. I said it and I'm not going to take it back. I've got a question. I'm nearly done with my notes. I don't know about you. Uh, one or two left. I've got a question for me to end on before you finish the other two bits. Okay. Would you want to live on a Saturn? Would on the on the on like where the re- recolonized looked awful. What that spaceship? Oh, they were playing baseball and it goes upwards and there's like a loop of that. No. Well, I mean, if it was that or. Die in a dust storm on Earth. And I die in a dust storm. Would you? Yeah, I don't like this. I hate all this. Like, oh well, if we wreck this planet, we'll just go somewhere else. Well, I don't funny go you somewhere should raise else. that because to me, I'm this happy film, here. like it's predictions of Earth's environment. Maybe prediction is a bit dramatic, but it's depiction of Earth's environment in the not so distant future is just another reason to do everything we can now to fix climate change because you know that in a scenario where everything gets fucked they're not going to be able to save everybody loads of people are going to suffer and die and it'll be the masses like you and i that suffer and the people with a lot of money probably won't because they'll be funding some colonization trip to them i think it's going to happen that quick unfortunately that they're not going to be able to go to another planet well, they're going to pay all their money to do that instead of paying what they could now to prevent any of it needing well, yeah. to happen, is the point. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you raised it and not me because it didn't feel like I was preaching. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see Ellen, Ellen Bursting as older Maeve. What do I know? We discussed from? her on our last trailer, Trash or Treasure, because she is returning to... The Exorcist franchise having starred in the original. Oh, okay. That's fun. It is fun. Mm. So, um, and I think for her to return at uh, 90 must be a pretty decent script. Yeah. Because you've got, what well, you don't need to make much more money, do you? Well, no. And she's been in lots of films, so... Might just fancy something to do. Um, but yeah, she, and I, you know, she was only in it for a short amount of time, but it was quite sweet. Mm. Imagine returning... Sorry, this is total off... But, like, she did The Exorcist in 73. Mm. And she's doing The New Exorcist in 2023. 60 years. Like, ima- 50 years. 50, 50. 50 years. Like, imagine returning to the same franchise mm. 50 years later. Imagine. I feel like you're winding me up. Well, I haven't, I haven't got anything else to say about oh. it, really. Oh, you don't? Oh, I mean, yeah, but I didn't have anything to say in response to you. I your... thought you had a couple of things. Uh, not really. I think they were connected to previous points, so we'll... Uh... 
leave those for another day. Go down. No, star yeah, rating. Star rating. Five for me. So, after I'd watched it, mm. about four and a half. Because mm. of the way it lost me. Mm. But I've taken out my dimness mm. and put it up to a five. Because I do think it does it. And a I do think film. it will not be. It certainly is not. And I'm, this is what I mean. I'm so shocked it made the money it did. Because yeah. it will not be for everyone. No. This is not a accessible, ch- flick it on. Like, I do think it explains science fiction elements quite well in parts. It does. But then... It does really well to communicate complex concepts in a way that you can follow for the film, even if you don't really get them. I think this is a perfect film to watch if you just want to get lost in it, because that's the only way to really watch it. If you're not really paying attention, it is going to feel like a long film. Yeah. But if you want to get lost in it, go for it, because you'll really, really like all of the characters. Even the ones you're not supposed to like, you'll like because you don't like them. But even the ones, like... I wouldn't say it's as, it's not as black and white either. No. With the ones that are dickheads. Well, exactly. Like, it's all about that either, moral dilemma. Yeah, it is. You're right. Fantastic. Perfect way to put it. Fantastic. So, yeah, five star. I don't think you could make it better. Wow. Hear that, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Mm. Your turn. It's not yours. It's yours. Is it? You're red. Oh, I wasn't looking at the script. Now, let's unsheath the gaydar. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by my own fair hand. Um, it's, sorry, go on. do you say hand or hands? Hand. But you've got more than one. Yeah, I know, but like, you make something by hand. I just have devised by Ned's own hand, you like making this machinery right, well, with just your right hand. If I made... Uh, what do you make? If I made a pot, handmade. Like you don't say. You say handmade, handmade not but hands hand made. made a good score. He did. <laughs> so <laughs> we use the gaydar to rank all the films and TV that we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. So let's see where the gaydar ranks Interstellar. <laughs> It's a bit dusty. It is, isn't it? Been a while. Yeah. Um, okay. I Maybe mean, we've kind of... sending me a message. Rank it. Rank it, Lord. Well, Rank funny you should say that. We've kind of mentioned I'm that, in that book show Christopher there, Nolan <laughs> isn't known for his uh, portrayal of LGBTQ plus people or stories. No. Which, I, I don't know. It's coming down quite low. It's sitting between Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. See, I would put, what's, what's below Mission Impossible? Nothing. I would put it at the bottom. Would you? Because it's not even camp. Like, there's elements of, no, like, right. Mission Impossible, where Rebecca Ferguson's, like, doing that sexy sword fight A little bit stuff. fierce. Yeah, yeah. and then right. what was the other one? Above that. Indiana Jones. Like, Indiana Jones is quite camp. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is like, whilst I love it, so it is camp. a male orientated, quite like a no, it's quite a masculine film. I would say. 
I don't think it's Actually, even no, it's bad. Not, it's no. not gendered. No, it's not. It's not gendered. No, it's not gendered. Right. It's, just, just, it's just not about... camp. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just not camp. And it's, it's not got any queer so. characters in, so it's not hitting any of them things. Which isn't a criticism of this film, because I don't really think it needs it. It just is a fact. And so, as much as I love it as a film, it's low on the gaydar. Yeah, I mean, I don't... When we do this gaydar, I just think, obviously, we are Paul Gaze on film. So and it's, it's just, just a bit, bit of fun, isn't it? It's a bit of fun, and I do think there might be some people who... There are some people who are, are LGBTQ that quite like to only really watch queer films. So if we can talk about when things are and are not, they might want to hit and miss. They might want to broaden the horizon, though. Yes. That's all I'm saying. But, yes. um, yeah. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this time capsule episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And check out our letterboxed accounts, links of which are in the show notes. <laughs> I was doing so well then. <laughs> I, don't I actually know why felt stopped. like a proper radio presenter Aww. then. We'd love to hear your thoughts. On this one. Especially on this And if you'd one. like to send them to us via the back of a bookcase, go figure. Or on Morse code on your watch. Not dust though, because I can't be asked getting the dust around. But do message us and let me know to expect Morse code, because I will not spot it. So yeah, do feel free to drop <laughs> us a message however you want to. I've been Declan. And I've been Ned. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.